Hey guys, Joel here. I've kicked Izzy and Mike out of the studio today, and this is a little side project that I've been working on. It's going to fold into the normal groove kind of midweek sometime, and not every week, just as when we can get these interviews done. So, um, cue the cheesy music. Welcome to Between the Show. I'm Joel Crawford, and we're going to use this opportunity to sit down and talk one-on-one -on -one with some amazing people. Today, I'm joined by Zach Herberholtz of ZH Fabrications, a maker with a passion for his art. Thanks for joining us today. We're talking with uh, Zach Herberholtz. I'm sorry, how, how, do you, how do you say your last name again? Her Herberholz. Her Her Herberholz. Exactly like it looks, right. if you can make it through all the characters. Welcome to the show. This is a little side project, and uh, and we're going to be interjecting these in between our normal podcasts. So congratulations, you're the very first one. Wow. Yeah, Number I know. One. The, honor. The, the honor is all yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so tell me a little bit about... Uh, what got you involved? Have you always worked with your hands? Is it something that came natural to you? Or is it something that you found that you didn't know you needed and now you do? Um, I don't know. I'd say like half and half. I always enjoyed working with my hands, but I never, I never, I never really, I think I don't know. So I grew up and my, my stepdad was a carpenter and my dad, you know, so I learned, I kind of tagged along with him and did some basic stuff. And that was fun. My, my dad, the other side of the family, uh, you know, my brother raced stock cars. So we were always kind of building those things in the garage. I didn't really do a whole lot cause I was pretty young, but I, I got some exposure to, to making. And then in high school I took shop class and I made an electric guitar and I remember that was like the first time, you know, you hear people talk about like the zone or, or flow or whatever, yeah. um, you know, they call it. And that was, it was one of the first times I think that I just really got lost in something to where, you know, time just doesn't exist and you're just kind of connected to what you're doing, I think. so. But I never really, I, I don't know why, and uh, I never really considered it as like something that I would do as a career. It was just like, wow, this is enjoyable. And I, I don't know, at least when I was young, it's, I, I couldn't make any decisions for myself. It's kind of what everybody tells you you're supposed to do. And you follow that path and then you end up miserable in a job you hate. And then you find out what you really like. And I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that that story may sound familiar to, but that's, that's kind of mine. Um, so, so what kind of guitar did you build? It's just a Strat, Stratocaster. A little Strat. Nice. Yep. Did you, oh. did you solder it all up and did you get it actually working? You know, you... I never did. No, I, that's, I, I that's built the, I built ends. the body and, uh, you know, I was, I was probably right around 16, 17 at the time and I wasn't ready to take the neck off of any of my other guitars to right. put on there. So yeah. Um, describe what you do, like, like, like what is your focus? And obviously things have changed for you because you started in one direction, you kind of have migrated to other directions. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on how you like define it because I I don't think I don't think I've actually changed direction. I just I think that I think I've changed mediums and I I think I've always been on the same 
direction, but my direction isn't medium focused. It's not, it's not, I'm a metal fabricator. It's not, I'm a woodworker. It's not, I'm a blacksmith. It's, it's, um, you know, if you look at direction as being, you know, a, a, a path instead of a destination, then you're, then you're, you know, it, it, it it's harder, having a hard time defining it, but I think design and like design and is like the focus for me. So uh, I'll get an idea and I, it doesn't matter to me whether I, I execute that through wood or through, you know, uh, metal fab or leather work or whatever. It's the, it's the idea and it's the challenge. I think for me, it's always it, the challenge is what excites me. It's learning something new and, and delving into a new, you know, developing a new skill set because then, you know, I look at it as I, my home base, I think is like, I, I think furniture design is such an encompassing uh, category. And I really feel like that's, that's my home base. And I feel like all these skill sets that I'm kind of detouring, like I'll, I'll do uh, a little bit of leather craft. And I've been really going off uh, the deep end, like doing blacksmithing and stuff. And developing that skill set, but I think ultimately the goal is to bring all that back into like design, uh, and you know, just kind of building those. So for you, the idea is is the key. Like like you have an idea, and then you develop a skill set around that idea. Yeah. And to execute. Yes. Yeah. So then the crazy question or the catch twenty two is: Do you constantly go after ideas that are going to expand? what you're capable of so that you can learn something new. I I would say so. I mean, I think that almost every project I do is right on like the cusp of my comfort level. It's always it's always a little bit there's there's usually something new that I'm a little bit anxious to try or, or you know, and then I feel like that's the the excitement, I guess. Uh you know, it's uh it just, it's a constant, um, trying to, you know, improve every time and develop, uh, I, I, I'm not a drug addict, but I would imagine it's, it's similar right. in the fact that, you know, you always want just a little bit more. And, uh, I feel it's the same way with making, you get that satisfaction when you're done with something. If you've done something 10, 20 times, 50 times, I think that excitement, it, it starts fading and then sure. it just becomes production and it's, you don't look at it the same anymore. You look at it as like, yeah, I've not a big deal. I've done this a hundred times, so it's not as exciting. But the first time you do something or the first couple of times, there's that thrill. It's, it's exciting and it's new and you can stand back when you're done and go, wow, I didn't know I could do this. And that's, that's, that's a, such a great feeling. So the, so the idea is important. The, the learning new crafts are important. The execution is, um, is important but i think and what i've seen at least in your instagram posts and your in your youtube videos and and what we've had conversations with is that it's about uh it's more about the fun and the well let's call it like you said the addiction of learning and experimenting with new things yeah, certainly. So, so with that being said, is there anything that you haven't tried that you really want to go after? Um, I'm sure there there is. I'm, you know, I, I've I've changed a lot. I'm not really a long. I and I guess I'm fortunate because I don't have to look 
far in front of me. I find that, um, you know, the, the closer to my feet I'm looking, that the more happy I am and the more success I have. If I try and if I try and plan things out for six months, a year down the road, and where I want to be, um, who knows? But if I just if I have stuff right in front of me that I can work on, uh, that's exciting. That's that's where I put my time into. So, I mean, I I, I think there's an endless. I mean, I, I, I and I guess I, I feel fortunate that I feel almost everything is interesting. I'd love to be, I'd love to understand and be competent at everything. Uh, so I, I mean, I can't think, can't think of anything else right now because my focus is so on, um, you know, like I said, lately, uh, forging and blacksmithing and developing sure. that skill set. And you've, but, you've got a few pieces of machinery in over the last couple of months that, uh, yeah, that help this with is, that? this has been a big year for me. I got, uh, got a lot of new equipment, uh, uh, 25 ton forging press and a lot of that is just there's certain things you, you can't do by yourself when you're forging um you know i wanted to do hammers and that sort of you really can't efficiently i don't want to say you can't do it but you know historically blacksmithing has been done with several people you usually have a striker and trying to drive i mean you really need three hands to do uh you know heavy work when you're forging just because you have to hold the piece with tongs you have to manipulate a lot of times you have a struck tool so you know you're holding the the, the piece you're working on um the tool to be hit with a hammer and then you have no way to swing a hammer to hit the tool so the the press was kind of a, a way to um you know a workaround for that since i don't have anybody around me to to do that well it's it's uh it's it's fun to watch i mean i i mean I, I like i like watching the machines work side by side because it gives you a chance to um also it gives you a chance to film so you could have that fifth arm so you, you yeah. know you can have that 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 interaction with with the community that watches you so, uh, so with the new, new machines, you've got the whole blacksmithing thing going on. You've been working with leather, which is fun. Is there, um, is there a, is there an end goal that's, I won't say long-term plans, but are you looking at doing like, like furniture that incorporates these things? Are you looking at? I'd, I'd like to, like I said, I feel like that's kind of, that's kind of like my, my home base. That's where I. I feel like uh, I go out and I collect and build skill sets, and then I'll I want to I want to incorporate incorporate them into, and it's not necessarily furniture design, but I, it's design in general. But I feel like furniture is such a broad, it's such a great way to uh, a, a great medium for design because there's there's so many objects. You have tables and chairs, and obviously just any sort of furniture. So there's almost an endless um, uh, playing field for design. So let's talk about a couple of other things. Uh, the first one is you have a truck. Yes. Tell me about the truck. That is a 1961 uh, Chevy Apache, and uh, yeah, it's come a long ways. So it doesn't it doesn't look like it at the moment, but uh, since I bought it, you know, there's a lot of I've done a lot of patch panels and a lot of work, and and put up a, a handful of videos on my channel on that. The issue is is in Florida the you know, the heat and the humidity does not lend itself to doing body work, which is really what I'm trying to, to, to get done right now. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of been on hold for a while and 
progressively, my schedule has gotten more and more chaotic. I'm sure you know you you doing right. this yourself. You understand right. springtime is it's, it's, a, it's absolutely insane. Everything it's, that you can possibly get done in a week, and then you try to do two more things. So yeah. yes, yeah. I've enjoyed watching uh, your evolution with the truck. That's been fun because it's a it's a fun looking vehicle. Like it's I can see. There's a there's a hint of elegance and a hint of Mad Max in it. Yes, and it's kind of you know what I mean like it's 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 just a fun, uh, looks like a fun project and toy. Yeah, to to spend some energy on. Yeah, I'm really excited to, to get back to it. It's just it's so hard finding time and and like I said, a lot of it is where I'm at with my limited shop space and you know the temperature and I don't have a good place to paint. Right. Uh, so. I have to shoot everything in the driveway and it's just, it's just, it's a lot, it's much less than ideal. And I, I got everything in primer last year. And then the, the insane UV rays from the, the sun here just completely wrecked it. So I'm going to have to redo it. And it's kind of a little bit disheartening because I put so much time into it and I'm going to have to sand it down and redo it. Uh, but my wife and I are planning on moving up to the Pacific Northwest, hopefully. In that the was next... my second question. Yeah, so we're hoping to move up but back to the Pacific Northwest, which is kind of, I grew up bouncing around up there and uh, going to get a place with a nice big shop where I can, that's the other issue is this truck is my daily driver. Not that I leave the house much, but when I need to get supplies and that sort of thing. So I can't really take it out of commission for very long and I don't have the shop space to to do things properly. So when we get up there and I have a shop, I'll be able to actually take the panels off you know, the truck, paint them and let them cure for a day or two, throw them back on and then I'll be good. So it'll be, I feel like I've kind of been waiting, uh, you know, even subconsciously to, to try and do much more work on that until we're moved because it'll just, you know, be much more efficient. Well, it's, it's a shop space is always a thing. It doesn't matter how much you have. You can always use more. Yeah, I could I could certainly use more. I mean, well, you're still just, working out of what a two car garage. It's like a one, I, they, one and a half. Know, I, I don't even know what they. It's a one car garage. I mean, with two some ca- extra, two cars a, for if you own smart cars. Yeah, it's a one car garage where you can open the doors and get out. Right. That's you know. I I guess then the question is, you got a big move planned, and you're heading about as far away from Florida as you can get and still stay in the continental U.S.? Yeah. What's, uh, what drives you that way? Well, I grew up in eastern Washington, Spokane, a uh, little bit north Idaho, bounced around a little bit more, and then uh, Portland, Oregon was where my wife and I met and lived for about five, six years before we moved to Florida. Uh, discovered that uh, we don't really like Florida but we both love the Pacific Northwest. So that's, that's the goal. And we're, we're really looking at Bellingham, but we're open to some other ideas as well. Uh, primarily the Oregon coast. Well, that puts you guys, you're kind of in a unique position for that too, because you're, you do content driven and you provide products so you can ship from about anywhere Mm -hmm. and you can shoot about anywhere. And tell me a little bit about your wife because she's worth noting on this. Yes. Uh, so she, She's, she's, she's pretty ambitious as well. She, I mean, at the moment, her, her, um, main job, she's, uh, she does tele handles big, uh, contracts for like telecommunications companies. So she's, 
like like several people in the maker community, uh, she has enabled me to do what I do for a living. She is definitely the breadwinner. Um, but uh, you know, she's she's written children's books for several years, and uh, there's there's some really exciting ones coming up. Uh, one of them is actually uh, I don't want to give too much away, but she's been working with Jimmy Duresta on nice. a children's book. Fantastic. So hopefully, if all goes well. Uh, we may have some for the Workbench Con in Atlanta next month. Excellent, maybe. excellent. So, yeah. Well, that's uh, that's good. We actually happen to own a few of her books. Excellent. Tell me about what got you involved with the community of making. Like, where did you did you start watching other makers before you started doing YouTube? Did you start doing YouTube because you had a passion for it? So, what's what's your evolution story on that? Yeah, so I learned how to, like, right out of school, I went, or right out of high school, I went to college for automotive engineering, and, and I learned, like, fabrication and, uh, you know, welding and, and basic fabrication skills, and, uh, yeah, I kind of laid dormant for a while, and I didn't use it, and then I went to school for engineering. This was up in Portland, uh, ran out of money, and was super frustrated. So, you know, it was, it was during summer. Um, I just, I, I really wanted to, after going to school, I've, I, like I said, I've always, I've always enjoyed working with my hands. I never really took it that seriously, but when I was going to school for engineering, I just, man, I really, really wanted to take a break from doing calculus 24 seven and right. I wanted to get out to the shop. So I bought, uh, I bought an old, uh, basket case. Ironhead Sport uh, Harley, and I was going to chop it all up and weld it, blah, blah, blah. Bought a welder for that, and I thought, well, man, I haven't welded for 10 years. I'm just going to start practicing. So uh, it's like that big metal chain lamp. That was yep. one of the first things yep. I made was the desk version. Yeah, so, you know, I started doing that, and I'm like, wow, I never even considered, you know, building actual, like, housewares and, and small things and, and that sort of – I never even – put the two together of like metal fabrication and actually like small sellable items. And so I started digging around the internet and I think I came across Jimmy Duresta and that was the first time I was like, Oh my God, like that blew my mind. I'm like, people could actually, I never even thought that you could do this for a living. You could, you could make stuff on a small scale um, and, and sell it. It just wasn't even, wasn't that totally blew my mind. And, um, so I, I've, you know, watched a whole bunch of his videos. We ended up moving down here to Florida. I was working for Harley and yeah, I've had, I've probably had 25, 30 jobs in my life from, you know, from when I started working and every single one of them was terrible. Every job I've ever had, I've hated. It's been a, a detriment to my life. Um, and I was working 50 hours a week when I was down here. I was doing a little bit of work in my shop, uh, just making things. And uh, it was so refreshing. It was like my one hour, you know, I'd get off where I'd come home at 730 and I'd get an hour in the shop to build stuff. And it was like my, my zen, just listening to music, getting back into that zone that I talked about that that place that, that I discovered in high school, making that guitar where I'm just, everything is, time does not exist and I'm just happy. And 
it was kind of then that I realized I'm like, wow, I'm really depressed. Like I'm spending 50 hours a week, you know, plus commuting, plus all this to make not that great of money. And I just don't enjoy it. You know, you show up to work and you, you look at the clock and you go, oh my God, I've only been here for an hour. I have eight more hours to go. And then you look up and, you know, seven what minutes. Think passes. Of, what, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and just spending the whole day wanting it to be over. And that's a terrible, and I spent my whole life doing that. Like just wanting it to be over, like looking forward to retirement. I'm, in the you know i'm 20 at the time in my 20s and i'm like looking forward to retiring that's 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 sad that's terrible it does and, seem like a tough way to earn a living yeah but i don't know i mean it's just it's not for me it's miserable and i couldn't no matter you know i'm i thought something was wrong with me because there's all these people that are so fortunate that you know that are so grateful for the opportunity to to spend 50 hours, you know, a week behind a counter or doing this or that. And for me, it was like torture because all I wanted to do was, you know, be in my shop and create and, and, you know, play and be happy and have some, you know, not have to tell people that I'm going to go to the bathroom. (laughs) I'm an adult. Like this is ridiculous. And I mean, I got, it got to the point where I was so depressed. I was like, man, I need to like, I don't care. My entire life I've spent trying to chase money up until this point, uh, you know, getting degrees and working overtime all the time and still always being broke. And I, I finally thought, you know what? I think I, think I can f- pay my rent and feed myself. I think I've grown my little side hobby of making stuff into where I can not waste away and die. <laughs> and inside I'm wasting away and dying working 50 hours a week at this job I can't stand. So, I mean, I was super depressed and I thought I can't take it anymore. I need to change something. And it was the scariest and most exciting decision in my life when I said, I'm done. Like, I don't care. I do not care about the consequences. I think it was the first uncalculated risk I took. Uh, You know, it was the first time I said, I don't know. I just have faith. I'm going to make a decision on, uh, faith that I can make ends meet doing this. And fortunately I had a supportive wife who, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people have said, no, you, you know, you, you need this money. She said, no, you, you need to do this. You need to do what you want to do. And that was three years ago. And I feel like every day of my life is a little bit better than the last day. I mean, I, I go to bed early now. I'm excited to wake up and start my day. Uh, it's, I, it's, still doesn't feel like a job i mean I, I have the best job i could ever ask for well i think that's a testament that i think a lot of people can relate to or at least wish they could relate to it i think you're going to hit a lot of heartstrings with that one because i know that in the maker community we're always wrestling for time and and for money and um, the idea of taking your love and putting it into something that generates uh, generates money so you can be doing what you love is something that a lot of people are passionate about. And that's a, that's a really, that's a really cool story. And it's a, it's a little amazing. And I congratulate you on it. Thanks. I mean, the the thing that, that I can say is that was a pivoting point for my life. So I think I, I'm 34 right now that I was probably 31, I think right around there when, when I left and it's it's just I, I feel like an entire new person. I mean, I feel like I've I've 
I have confidence. I, you know, after th- 31 years on earth, I like I was I was still like shy, I had nothing to talk about, I had nothing interesting to say. I was just always, you know, and now anytime you know, it comes up on an airplane or whatever, people ask what I do. It's it's amazing when I tell people what I do and they're interested, genuinely interested. Right. Versus before you know it's like oh that's cool that's that's what you that's what i got and and i'm excited to talk about what i do like i can't wait i I don't want to be that annoying guy who runs around telling everybody what i do but man i'm excited when people ask me what i do because they're going to be interested in it and and i have a passion for it and i feel like i feel like if that story is inspiring to anybody i feel like a lot of people can really connect with with that and everything uh, you know, everything that I have that's interesting to talk about in my life has happened in the past three years. I don't talk about anything that happened before I quit my job because nothing interesting ever happened. 30 years of life and I have nothing, I had nothing to show for. I had nothing to talk about. That's, uh, that's both exciting and depressing all at the same time. I, it's exciting. I mean, but, but I'll tell you, it's it's a nice track to be on now. At least you aren't looking back and saying, "Well, the only thing I talk about is from three years ago." Yeah, exactly. So, so you got a little bit of that. So we've we've talked a little bit about uh, what got you here and why you're here, and I think I guess the last question uh, is, what does the community have that you want from it? I think I'm in a pretty good spot right now. Uh, and it's taken time. I mean, everybody, the one, one of the things that is super interesting about this community is that every, everybody has a completely different strategy. Uh, you know, a lot of people, they, their income comes from sponsored content. A lot of people, it comes from the products that they make, uh, it, it, there's so many different business models. So many, you know, some people it's plans or this or that. Um, I, I like, I, I found that like diversity is the key for me and, and changing things up and keeping them interesting. If I do any one thing for too long or if I'm too reliant on one, one thing for my income or for my success, then, then it stresses me out. And I guess, I guess all I can say is that, since I turned that corner when I left my job, every de- I, I have made no decision based on money or finances. I am not. I am not going as as soon as soon as I said to myself, "No more am I going to do something because the potential, you know, financial reward." Sure. Um, as soon as I started saying, well, I'm only going to do this if I really want to do this and if I feel inspired to do this. And uh, a lot of people might be like, oh, I know that's a bunch of BS because you do sponsored videos. Um, I do, but only if they coincide with something I want to do in the first place. Uh, My biggest sponsor is Lincoln Electric. I haven't put out a video sponsored by Lincoln Electric in six months. I haven't put out a sponsored video in six months. I did uh, the the file handle video uh, that, that did really well. I think I did that in like October and I needed a break from social media. So I took four or five months off, which is the worst thing you can do. Everybody, <laughs> you know, all the YouTube people say you got to put out weekly content. It doesn't matter. You have to fight. And I don't want to, I want it to be, I want it to feel right. 
Um, and ever since, and what's funny is I put that video out, my, my channel grew, um, what would it be? 150%. I got half of my followers over again. Right. During my vacation, during the time that I was not putting out content. You did just hit a milestone, didn't you? How many, how yeah, many are broke, you up to right now? On... I broke a hundred right when I posted the, uh, that video in October. And then I took four months off and broke 150. Nice. Without posting anything to YouTube. Um, I don't know. I, did, I didn't want to. I needed a break. I, I spent four months uh, making, making my money with my hands again, which was uh, it's scary because I, I really, really, really enjoyed that. I enjoyed not having to set up uh, lighting and cameras and this. I just went out to the shop with a bunch of coffee and made stuff all day long and sold it. So and, let's and, let's talk about your hammers now because that's what you've been mostly working on, right? Yeah, that's that has provided my income for the past four months exclusively, almost. Good. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, incredibly satisfying, and it's it's something that's it's such a new, it's been such a new path for me to go down, and and there's so many new skills, and I've just really had a. a a good time doing that and it's it's there's something that i didn't expect i didn't expect making tools to be so satisfying but there's something uh amazing about creating a tool that somebody is purchasing from you and you know that you're sending it out there and it's going to make other things and it might inspire somebody and then thinking that that thing in a hundred years from now is probably going to be at some flea market and somebody's going to dig it out of an old bucket and be like uh eh. Who's ZH? What's this? <laughs> ZH. You know? ah, yeah, that's not nobody I recognize. I get, I'll get. I'll do it for twelve bucks. Yeah, How perfect. About 12 bucks? And then you know maybe they'll go home and Google it, and thanks right? to you know all this technology, they'll be like, oh my god, this thing some dude hundred and fifty years ago forged in his videos. garage. There's videos of this guy forging this thing. Right. You know, and I have all of the. I have everything like serialized and documented on my website. Nice. So, so tell uh, me, tell me a little bit about your hammers. How much do they typically? Because you auction them, right? Don't yeah, you? I do. I, I, I have. Here's what's funny is I've never advertised a hammer for sale. I don't think. Uh, like I don't. You can't go to my website and say, "Oh, I want a two-pound rounding hammer or a whatever." Like it's. And I've never said, uh, you know, contact me. I, I don't advertise them anywhere for sale. And I just yesterday, I think I just finished number sixty. Um, That's a lot of hammers. It's a lot of hammers, and in probably seven months, I've made sixty hammers, which is in, incredible. Um, yeah, most of them I sell for about two hundred dollars, which is a lot of money for a hammer. Sure, but it, there's a lot of work that goes into them. It's um, you know, and, and I think the maker community understands that. Usually, usually think there's a lot more work involved in any handmade product than you expect. And there's certainly no, you know, uh, I, I can say one of the reasons that I've been drawn to, to forging and blacksmithing is it's the hardest, it's the hardest skill I've ever um, developed or, or attempted to develop. It's hard every day. It's, 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 it's a physically, challenge. mentally, uh, you know, physically, not so much. I think at first it was physically challenging cause, uh, I didn't know how to swing a hammer, which sounds ridiculous, but I mean, th there's, it's like 
I worked for the railroad years ago, and there is there is there is an art to digging a ditch, believe it or not. Uh, you know that that's one of the things they do when you start the railroad. At least my team did. Is you know they'll drive a backhoe up and they'll be like, okay, uh, dig this trench from here to there. You know, it's a twenty foot trench, and you dig it, you know, two three feet deep. And uh, you know, meanwhile, there's a backhoe right there that could do the thing the the same job and you know, 10 minutes, but you see these old guys watching the new people just burn themselves out because they don't know. It's, it's such a fundamental skill, the same as swinging a hammer. It's something that everybody thinks they know how to do. And I'm still, I'm, you know, I'm still developing a better technique and, you know, letting the hammer do the work and, and not your, not your wrist or your, you know, not burning yourself out. So physically, uh, not so much, but it's, it's just, it's such a deceptively, uh, simple thing. You just think, oh, I'm the moving the metal where you want to with a hammer seems easy, but it's, it's very difficult. It's, it's, uh, things happen that you don't, that are, that are hard to account for. Is it something that you're going to continue doing? Are you going to continue making hammers? Are you going to cut them off? You're going to, are, are your I, next thing? I don't thing... know. I, I, you know, after 60 of them, I still enjoy making them. So I don't know if I'm ever going to cut them off. I might, you know, take a little hiatus. Um, just the other, this past week, I've been working on a new style. And this is, this is where, like, I think the design element comes into things is I, I, I think design is if if I'm anything, if I'm pursuant of anything or passionate about anything, I think it's design. And I almost like the simpler things because it's more of a challenge to make them interesting. Uh, that's why I always liked tables, and I, I've said this on other podcasts, I think. But the table is such a simple thing. Uh, so I like the challenge of trying to come up with a unique way to do a simple thing. Same as a hammer. Like those are objects where you you say the word to them and people have this preconception in their mind that pops up this picture. You say a table and automatically people think, okay, something with four legs and it's flat on top. But if you can like abstract yourself a little bit and think of it as, okay, somebody wants a customer wants a table or whatever. Like, what do you need? what function does it need to serve? Uh, does it just need a whole to hold laundry? Of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, depending on what's going to be placed on it, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe it, the top doesn't need to be totally flat. Maybe it can be staggered and different tiles of flat section at different elevations. Uh, maybe that'll serve the same purpose. Maybe instead of four legs, it can have, three or one or maybe it can just be suspended from the ceiling like what are these preconceptions and how can you do them differently uh what what hasn't been done with simple objects and i like that challenge of you know breaking that that preconception of what something is and i'm not saying i i do that or have done that but i like the the thought of doing that i like the challenge of like reinventing the wheel i guess I don't. I don't think that's reinventing. I think that's a. I think that's a reasonable. Like, if you want to be a master of a field, I think uh, learning the basics and the fundamentals of a thing: four legs and a top, you know, two sides and a handle for a hammer, mm -hmm. and uh, 
and then being good at doing that and then taking it in a different direction, I think it's all, I don't think that's too abstract. I think that's, I think that's a fairly typical evolution uh, of people that want to do something really well. I think, I think it can be done with tables or hammers or cars or, Mm -hmm. you know, instruments or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, in the community, there's a few different types of, of people in the community. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that are really into the crafting and the making and it, and, and, and it doesn't matter necessarily what they're making. It's more about the process of making the thing. And then, um, you know, I, I'd like, for me, I think I'm more of a conceptual, I, I don't want to say artist. I don't, I don't, you can't, it's impossible to call yourself an artist without sounding conceited. So I'm not going to do it, but I think <laughs> I have, I, I think I have more of that style approach to where it's, it's more about trying to, to envision or create something new. And, uh, you know, the process is certainly enjoyable. I like making stuff, but I really, I really want to make pieces that, that will be talked about. I, I want to make something that if it's in a room, everybody that walks into that room is going to say something about it or at least look at it for a minute and go, hmm, that's interesting. I think that's a, I think that's, I think, I think appreciation or, um, um, that spark of imagination is, is way more powerful to me at least than money is when, when we do what we do at, at our shop and somebody says, Oh, that's amazing. It's like somebody just gave me a hundred dollar bill yeah, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. Anytime, anytime that we see that kind of spark of, of appreciation or imagination or um, even when people ask me, say, Hey, can we do a thing? Kind of like the thing be like, yeah, go wild, hit it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, go put your spin on it. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I think those are all fairly reasonable things. I think that's not, I don't think it's as mind blowing as I think it's, it's what we all strive to do, which is be appreciated and do the things that interest us. Yeah. And, uh, I actually feel bad for the people that have a love for something and there isn't a lot of interest in it because it's, it makes it harder. I, I don't, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, at least for me, I, I would lose a little bit of that, but I bet you when they come across like, like a guy who's like, yeah, I only restore 19, uh, 73 pintos that were previously blue, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. well, honest, you know what I mean? Like, like when it gets very, when there's such a niche that, that, there's only two other people. But in the world I feel that like that is it. also like, I mean, one of the analogies, it's I think Newton's second law of physics is for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And I always, for everything, I try and think of that. I try and keep that fresh in my mind of, well, if this is the negative, there has to be a positive. And usually I, I, I have yet to find something to where, you know, the, the obvious negative is, can't be offset by some unobvious positive. So, you know, one of the good things is if, if you're doing something so niche and so specific, there's not a lot of people doing it. And there, there's a golden opportunity to do something without competition. Um, I mean, you have, somebody said it, uh, you know, they say you have, you have two kinds of people 
on social media or makers. You have people who make things and record it, and then you have people who make things to record it. You have people sure. that are are are, are project focused, then you have people who are um, social media success focused. Um, and and I think, you know, right now there's there's a lot of people preaching about analytics and algorithms and trends and keywords and all of this stuff, which for me is the last thing I ever, I want to be as far away from as possible from that stuff because it take it sucks my inspiration out. But if you're always, if you're always trying to follow the trends, if you're always trying to, to be, to hit those, those big things, you're never going to start a trend, you know, uh, you you can't you can't lead if you're if you're following things right um right so i can't remember what the point of the entire point i was trying to tie that that's back all right into, but we can we, we can we we can make a point out of it but i agree there's there's a um there's definitely a difference between people who make content and people who make things yeah. Uh, and not and, and not you know i don't want to come off sounding like i, I have anything against people for making content i mean content is great and and it inspires a lot of people to get into into the uh, community and and I, I do have to say this this is i've been involved in a lot of communities and the maker community without a doubt is the best community uh uh closely followed by mountain biking it's a great community too but <laughs> but the maker community is is unbelievable i have yet to meet anybody in it that that I don't like or that I don't get along with or that isn't positive. I'm sure they're out there. <laughs> I'm but, sure they are but, too. But it's overwhelmingly positive. Anytime there's an event or anything, it's just, it's always, in, it, I always walk away incredibly inspired. Well, good. Well, I, I appreciate you taking your time to, uh, in your busy schedule, to sit down with me and have a little chat. Yeah, no problem. And, uh, Tell me, uh, other than looking up for ZH Fabrication uh, on Google, which will get you to the website, uh, tell me your Instagram, your, your, your Grammy handle. Uh, ZH Fabrications. ZH Fabrications with an S? Correct. And then on your YouTube channel, is it just the same thing, ZH Fabrications? Yeah, yep. Any other fantastic social media that they should look up your amazing work? Um, not that I can think of. Like, uh, you know, I've really been enjoying Instagram lately. I'm my, most of my, uh, social media success, my largest platform is YouTube, but, um, I'm finding that Instagram is just so much more convenient for my workflow. Uh, sure. I can just, you I can be doing stuff, and... snap a picture, put my phone in my pocket and get back to work, you know, without right. having to, to spend all the time producing, uh, content and that sort of thing. So. Well, that's good. Uh. So any uh, any any time frame that we should look on the Ebays for your next hammer? Um, so I actually have been auctioning them all off on my Instagram, and oh, it that's has right. worked Instagram, that's right. amazingly well. I I had I had an art piece that I put a lot of time and effort into. There's a video of it. It's that airbrushed, fabricated, uh, I don't know, like water scene thing, and I I put that up on the video I said I'm gonna auction this off on eBay. And so I drove a lot of traffic to that eBay sale and got a bid and then never heard back from the person. So I put all this effort into uh, promoting this eBay 
auction and then the high bidder never paid for it. So the whole thing was, I still have the thing in my room down here. Um, and then I started putting stuff on Instagram. I'm like, you know what? I can just have a live auction on my Instagram. And, uh, you know, if the high bidder doesn't contact me, which I've never had an issue with, uh, if I don't hear back, I can just go down the list and send, see if the next person wants it. And it's been, I've done probably five or six auctions and they've all gone really well. I usually do them day auctions. Uh, right. so it typically ends in the same day unless it's something that's a really big piece. But, uh, yeah, I just, I like the urgency. It's like, Oh, I have six hours. Do I really want this or do I not want it? And not only that, but you're hitting the people that are most interested in your work. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. that, uh, the, I just auctioned that my most recent one, I think was a hammer number 50 that I auctioned and that went for almost $600, which is blows my Holy mind. Cats. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was amazing. Made my day. I threw in, tried to even it out. I threw in a whole bunch of extra stuff, but well, that's um, good. I have this, this, uh, Damascus knife that I forged Very pretty. that will probably be the next auction item, maybe in the next week. I don't know. Fantastic. Well, uh, folks, if you're interested in, uh, taking a look at any of these auctions or any of the work, uh, Zach's, uh, Instagram page seems to be the place to be. Uh, so, uh, CH fabrications, uh, and you can find his live action stuff on YouTube, uh, as well. And, uh, I appreciate you taking a few moments again, Zach. And, uh, thanks for stopping by. Yeah. Thanks for having I, me. Uh, I'll give, uh, Izzy and Mike the best. They don't get to, uh, <laughs> do this part of the show. I get to do this part of the show. All right. But you're going to be at right. uh, WorkbenchCon, right? I will be at WorkbenchCon, uh, which is in, is in February? No. Uh, February, February 21st, I think, somewhere sure, around there. Sure. The end and of are, you, are you still going to be in Florida in March? Um, probably, yeah. Can you come up to Atlanta show March 15th? I don't know. There's so much. Um, I know. I'm putting you on the spot. I have. We got I all have, the people. I have a California trip in a week. Then I have the Workbench Con. Then I have the Spring Make in Cleveland. <laughs> then I think it, we're, my wife and I are tentatively planning on the Maker Central. Uh, nice. So that's four or five trips right there. Um, plus a move and who knows what else. So. Well, fantastic. If you're here, I'll, be, uh, I'll buy you a beer. Sounds good. All right, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.